Are you in the early stages of divorce, overwhelmed by an avalanche of hurt, fear, and uncertainty? Desperately wanting to regain some control over your life? What if you could calm the mental and emotional chaos and begin to feel clear, calm, and empowered through your divorce? With our five essential tips, you will rapidly turn your suffering into powerful insights and your confusion into effective action. So go to divorcerecoverylifeline.com and download our free divorce survival kit today. Welcome to the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast where we invite you into a journey of healing and personal transformation that will radically change your divorce experience, heal your heart while refining your character, and set you up to be effective and feel empowered as you navigate the practical and emotional challenges of divorce. I'm your host, Karen McMahon, founder of Journey Beyond Divorce. My divorce brought me to my knees and it also transformed me and set me on this path to help you. Our team of JBD coaches support men and women to engage in divorce with more calm, clarity, and confidence through our one-on-one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. responsibility is a, a huge part of what you can do to take part uh, the responsibility for your part however taking all the responsibility or taking none of the responsibility that becomes an issue that will keep you stuck so what do I mean by taking all the responsibility it's like you trying to do 200% of the responsibility for the relationship where your partner is really not invested in doing the work to stay together to mend the marriage or it's also just blaming the entire thing on your um, your spouse or your partner saying it's not my fault it's their fault so that can really keep you stuck welcome to the divorce roadmap series comprised of 24 episodes designed to be your guide through each leg of the practical divorce journey. Be powerfully prepared as top experts in the field advise you on each logistical stage from the agonizing question of should I stay or should I go through the complex legal, financial, and parenting choices before you to your future plans for housing, budgeting, and co-parenting post-divorce. We've created this series because of all the requests we've gotten from listeners to go beyond how to navigate the emotional part of divorce and really begin to speak more to all of the decisions and logistics and kind of bumps and bends along the way. And so we've decided to start at the very beginning. Today's show is, should I stay or should I go? And it's such a challenging decision to make. It weighs so heavily. It kicks up so much emotion. It causes 
deep confusion. And we're hoping that in today's show, we can begin to uh, offer clarity through the questions and sorting out um, some of the emotions from the facts. And so that's what we're hoping to do today. And to start it off, when you're when you're in this position of should I stay or should I go, we know that either something very traumatic happened recently or for a long time you've been struggling in your marriage. And the question becomes, do you mend it or try to mend it one more time or or do you just decide to leave? Progressive presents adjusting to the suburbs. You used to associate crickets with silence. But since you bought a house in the suburbs, you know crickets hate silence. If any other creature realized rubbing its legs together made a piercing high-pitched noise, they might think, maybe I won't do that. Constantly. All night long. Luckily, you can save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto. Now that's something to make noise about. Just not constantly. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. And... There's a lot of different things that weigh into that kind of a decision. On the one hand, it's really important to know that it takes two. So a lot of times we talk to people and the person that we're coaching has been trying so hard and bending over backwards and putting in 200 percent and really not getting very much uh, in return. And while it takes two for a relationship to be broken, it absolutely requires both parties to want to uh, invest in mending it. That's so true. And this is a big decision because it impacts so many people. And so it's understandable when we're in this decision making process, we could, uh, you know, one day, you know, be in this place of that's it. It's, it's really time for us to complete this relationship and go our separate ways. And then the next day, something else will happen. And then you think, oh, well, perhaps there is some hope for us to rekindle this relationship and stay in it. So the decision is big. It affects the children. If there are children, it affects the families that are involved. It affects friends. It sometimes can affect, you know, I've worked with so many clients who have a joint um, business together. So how do you navigate that when you're no longer a couple and still in business? So we get it. This is one of the most common complex decisions. And so if you're feeling like you've been sitting on the fence forever, just know that that's understandable. And at some point, and we hope to help with help you with this, at some point, you will come into that place of clarity about the best decision for you and for your family and everyone involved. You know, that's, that's so important. And the thing is, the the pressure that you feel, and we know that you feel a lot of pressure, uh, one, at some point you're going to know, and to to get down on yourself for not knowing yet actually adds to the confusion. It, it adds to the emotional upset and therefore adds to the confusion. And so one of the things that I'll just say right off the bat is if you could even give yourself a, 
uh, put yourself in a bubble. Give yourself a period of time. <clears throat> it's okay if I don't uh, make this decision for a month or three months or whatever. And to give yourself a little bit of space. And then throughout the show, we're going to really be suggesting some exercises and and um, ways of thinking that will help you gain some clarity. But to take the pressure off in any way you can is really important. My therapist had said to me, you're going to wake up one day and you're going to know. And until then, you just don't know. And and so if you could live in that space, Karen, of just knowing that you're a little bit in the in-between, but you will get to the right decision. And that was really comforting to me. I can imagine that that was because there's nothing more unsettling for us than to be in the unknown, you know, to be in that limbo space between uh, this, that, uh, married, not married. Um, it, it's that can be more painful and lead people to try to make rash decisions just to get out of that scary place of being in the unknown. We, we all uh, need some amount of certainty in our lives. And especially if we've got other people counting on us, it's uh, yeah, I remember it took me uh, nearly two years to make up my uh, decision about whether to stay or whether to go. And so if that's you, we just want to let you know, again, just take the pressure off yourself. Well, it is one of those areas where we do see um, a great benefit in getting some kind of outside assistance with it, either in coaching or counseling or seeing somebody as an independent third party to help you have conversations around this, to help you form decisions, etc. Yeah, a, a sounding board at this point is incredibly, incredibly valuable. And let's take a look first, uh, Carrie, at the whole concept of mending your marriage. Um, and actually, even before we get into that, what, what I want to say is whether you ultimately decide to stay or go, where you are right now offers an opportunity and you may not see it. And so I just want to shine a light on it. Whatever's happened in your marriage, um, as I said before, you, you and your spouse are equally responsible. And so it's very easy for us to look at our spouse and say, well, this is what he or she needs to do. And then everything would be okay. And it's so clear to me that the problem's really on their side. And the truth is that it's never on one side. And so first looking at your part and being able to say, I did play a role in my marriage getting to this place. And even if that role is that, uh, you, 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 uh, weren't able to find your voice or set boundaries or ask for what you wanted or um, you were controlling, but it was only because their behavior was whatever. If you can notice what your part is, the the opportunity 
the opportunity in this space is to focus on yourself and begin to do the work to uh, refine the way you show up in relationship. And so if it's finding your voice, if it's setting boundaries, if it's letting go of control, whatever it is for you, you can begin that immediately. And that's going to serve you whether you stay or go. If you stay, it's going to help strengthen your marriage. If you go, it's going to help you engage in healthy relationships going forward. So keeping the focus on yourself, and I would really encourage you to get real and honest with yourself and put that list together of all the things that are your part in the marriage getting to where it is right now. Yes, taking responsibility in that way is a huge key because one way to, to really stay stuck is to stay in blame of your, your spouse or your partner or being in that really disempowering place of hoping and wishing he or she would change. That I know is one of the areas where we just stay, well, if I just, you know, hope and wish that he, will, uh, he or she will change, maybe I don't have to do anything inside of me to take responsibility for my part. So Karen, what you're saying is so important. Just be honest about what's real, what's really uh, going on inside your your marriage. And another thing is to notice the signs. Notice what may be going on in your environment around you. Sometimes family and friends may um act as a, a very reflective and important mirror to say, you know, here's what I see. Are you guys okay? Are you getting some help with this? Sometimes we're not able to see uh, things that other people outside the relationship are able to see. So if you're hearing people in your life expressing concerns about you, especially if it's about your safety or anything like that, you would want to pay attention to that. And I think that on, on that point, Carrie, if you've been in a marriage for decades, a behavior that might not be healthy or acceptable might be something you've lived with for so long that you can't even see it for what it is, whether it's, again, your behavior or, or your spouse's. And so that is where the reflection from people around you who love you is really important. When when I was going through my divorce, I was I was I had one of my siblings tell me how concerned they were for my safety. And it was shocking to me at first because I just thought, no, 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 he's, you know, he's just, he just gets angry. And in 2020 hindsight has shown me something very different. And so if you're in a relationship for a long time and there's behavior there that you're just really used to, but other people is telling you that they're finding it alarming, um, take a moment and, and, and consider that and look at it through new eyes because that's going to help you. Yeah. You may have developed a really high threshold for pain over the years and a toleration for things, behaviors, attitudes towards you that really don't work. So, uh, just understanding what, uh, 
what is your threshold of, of toleration of things that don't really work for you and getting start starting to get clear on what are your deal breakers you know what are your non-negotiables when it comes to being in relationship with somebody where's your line in the sand where uh, often it's uh, coming into a higher level of self-esteem and like you said before setting a boundary uh, for a behavior that is become intolerable over time. So these are all you know, parts of the process of getting clear on what can be done about the relationship, whether you stay or whether you go. And the other thing that you spoke to a few minutes ago, Carrie, uh, about kind of owning, owning your responsibility and it, part of looking at things and seeing them through new eyes gives you an opportunity to, and, and focusing on, on yourself gives you an opportunity to feel empowered. So if you've been feeling disempowered in the relationship and you're looking to to mend it or to at least, you know, head in that direction and see where it goes, you will feel you will feel more empowered when you're focusing on what you do have control over. And that's your own behaviors. And it's also your perspectives, the way that you're looking at things. And as an example, one of the big challenges that people have is when, when their spouse says one thing, but does something else. So when, when the words and the actions aren't aligned and it gets really confusing. So, you know, she keeps saying how much she loves me and how important the relationship is, but then she she does these things that seem to speak to the opposite. And so it's a really important thing to begin to notice, or you may do it. You may say one thing and then act a different way. And so to begin to notice um, actions and words, and if they're, if they're misaligned, if one's words and actions are not fully aligned, you always want to listen to the actions because the actions are what is real and the words might just be hot air and and yet the earlier thing like one day you want to leave one day you want to stay sometimes someone can just start saying things and you're like oh maybe I was overreacting when in fact your intuition is well the actions continue to remain the same even though the nice statements are coming in and out yeah that that happens quite often so let's talk quickly about some of the issues that that people are facing when they are in this should i stay or should i go area so one of the big ones that we hear a lot about is betrayal you know whether the either there's a sexual or a financial infidelity on one side or the other uh, that can be a huge uh, thing to overcome in any relationship and it can also be the impetus the catalyst for this kind of a decision about are we going to stay and work through this or is this a sign that it is really time that this relationship is complete and we need to move on and I think that it's important to know that you know your friends who care very much about you may also start shooting all over you and 
just be careful because just because there is a, a breach of trust or an, or a financial or sexual infidelity, that does not mean that the relationship is irreparable. There's just every situation is so uniquely different. And I've, I worked with a client and every one of her friends basically said that she should leave. And, mm. and she was so distraught because she really wanted to fight for the marriage. And when she was able to get really clear on what she wanted to do and what her measurements were going to be, she spent another year fighting for the marriage. The marriage didn't end up lasting, but when she finally decided to leave, there was no guilt, there was no shame, there were no questions, there was no confusion because she knew at that point that she was keeping the focus on herself, that she did everything possible. It became really clear that words and actions from her spouse were very very different and she emerged with such such clarity that it made navigating the actual divorce um, not, not not as difficult that's such a great example and you know one of the other things that we hear uh, a lot uh, that people deal with and becomes a deal breaker in the relationship is when one of the other spouse perhaps has a personality disorder like narcissism or some kind of the psychopathology that just makes it really challenging to cope with the person while they are dealing with that kind of um, um, personality problem. Yeah, and that's we we deal with a lot of people who have um, who are really dealing in high conflict divorces. Now, if you're dealing with someone with a personality disorder, it's really important to understand um, to understand that disorder. What can be done about it? What can't be done about it? There are certain disorders where there's nothing that the person could do, even if they wanted to, and then there are others where therapy and medication is is going to have some some of an impact. And so, just educating yourself and and be, being really um, honest with yourself about what it is you're you're facing with that situation and another one is uh, alcoholism and addiction and that's such a huge one we always recommend people uh, check out the the rooms the 12-step programs for alcohol and addiction because if you're if you're married into that uh, that is a disease of the whole family. And what's really, and this is another part of my story, I didn't know my part in it. I didn't see my part in it because the other part just seemed so disruptive and unhealthy that I didn't see mine. And then I started going to Al-Anon and I was blown away by the behaviors that I was engaging in that were equally as unhealthy. And again, our desire for you is always to feel empowered and to be able to impact what you want in your life. And so if you're living in that situation, you can be asking, begging, nagging your spouse to get help. 
I would really encourage you to be getting help yourself. And that's what they'll say to you. Don't worry about getting them into the rooms. That's theirs. They have to own it. They have to do it. But you can start getting yourself healthy right away. So again, in the should I stay or should I go phase, regardless of what you do, if you're married into addiction or alcoholism, get yourself um, to a 12-step meeting, visit a bunch of them till you find one that's a good fit for you. It will be brilliant. Listeners often share that they've been on the fence about leaving their difficult marriage for far too long. What about you? Are you walking on eggshells, constantly trying to make sense of your spouse's black and white thinking, revisionist history, endless blame and accusation? Have you lost your voice, your self-confidence, even your belief that a better life is available for you? Imagine for a moment entering your divorce unflustered by your spouse's recriminations, certain of your legal rights, crystal clear on your next steps, and secure in your support team. How would it be to feel guided and supported to create, practice, and implement a bulletproof plan to leave your marriage with grace and dignity? If this sounds like what you need to finally get unstuck, go to journeybeyonddivorce.com and learn more about our Get Off the Fence program. You can even book a call with a coach to ensure that this is the right program for you. things that that can uh, really come into play here are you know a financial instability you know one or both partners losing their jobs you know sometimes cultural differences start to really just become insurmountable uh, I've also seen where it, it happens quite often sometimes where a, a couple will drift apart they will start to have different philosophical uh, viewpoints towards their lives, different spiritual um, uh, practices and lives that take them in different directions. So these are only just a few of the issues that you may be facing while you're looking at your marriage and deciding, should I stay or should I go? And we'll talk next about the root of some of the confusion and paralysis that starts to set in when you are dealing, kind of wrestling with this decision. And as we said before, Taking uh, taking responsibility is a, a huge part of what you can do to take part uh, the responsibility for your part. However, taking all the responsibility or taking none of the responsibility that becomes an issue that will keep you stuck. So, what do I mean by taking all the responsibility? It's like you trying to do two hundred percent of the responsibility for the relationship, where your partner is really not invested in doing the work to stay together to mend the marriage or it's also just blaming the entire thing on your um, your spouse or your partner saying it's not my fault it's their fault so that can really keep you stuck and and in this place of making this decision if if your 
spouse isn't owning their part and they're saying, you know, you're going to destroy the family. This is all on you. You know, you're killing, you know, killing the children's family life. And for you to be able to be clear enough um, in that belief that we're both 100 percent responsible and know that even if you're the one making the decision to leave, that does not mean that you're responsible for the divorce. No, none of us stand before the altar and plan on breaking that vow of until death do we part. None of us look forward to this. Nobody is excited about this. This is a painful, difficult, heart-wrenching decision. And, um, and definitely that part about not owning all of it, just your part, because that could lead to such paralysis. The truth is, even if you acknowledge that your spouse is, is, you know, equally responsible, it's a big decision. And, you know, we so often hear about the fear and the guilt around the children, the fear around the finances being split. And a lot of fear creeps in and fear causes paralysis. And one of the things we talk about this in the 12 step um, recovery program that we did prior to this is uh, that time traveling where you spend a lot of time uh, traveling into the future and the future is this nightmare uh, and and the fear causes you to think of it, pro- project the worst case scenario like squared onto everything that's going to happen to you going forward. And I really want to encourage you that that doesn't happen. We have we have clients who have actually written blogs on our website saying like none of my worst fears came true. And so one of the things we're going to be talking about is separating out your fear from what's actually going on and beginning to notice the fear story because that fear story isn't real. It can paralyze you. It can even provoke you to make a decision that's not going to serve you. And so being really clear on what your fear is and what that fear story is and then looking at it. And this is where a sounding board is so helpful because we do that with our clients all the time where we start poking around like how true is it that you're going to be in the street and homeless how true is it that you're going to you know never see your children or whatever that fear story is for you yeah how true is it that you're always going to be alone that you'll never find another partner you know so all of that so you know they say fear is false evidence appearing real so we really help um you know our clients just slow down and really take a look at what is true and what is, you know, made up. You know, we, um, if we're going to be making up a story, we might as well make up a story where we actually have a positive outcome rather than what we call this negative future fantasy of all the terrible things that could happen. But it is hard to get yourself out of that place because again, we're facing the unknown. We're facing um, something that we, many of us have never dealt with before. Um, There's also, for me, I know that one of the biggest things that kept me stuck was this feeling like if I decide to end the marriage, then that means that I failed. 
uh, and I failed not only as a, you know, a marriage partner, but I failed. I've let myself down somehow. I remember I was uh, raised by two parents who divorced when I was quite young. And um, I remember making a decision, almost like a vow to myself that when I get married, I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to get a divorce and, you know, do that to my children. And so when it came time to really face this decision and really face it head on, I had to face this part of myself that had set up some unrealistic expectations for myself. And I think that, uh, you know, the two different topics we're talking about, whether it's staying in the present or just watching the stories that you're creating, that, you know, we just want you to know that there is a plethora of support in our 12-step program. Um, Step seven is change your story, which Carrie was just talking about a minute ago. Rewrite a story that is of, of your, to your benefit, rather than the fear story. And, and being present is step eight. So there's just a whole lot of support out there for you while you're making this decision. Yes. And step five talks about the grief. You know, we are, suff- we are you know, dealing with the grief of a loss. So it's that anticipation of how sad, how hurtful it will feel to go through a divorce. Sometimes it keeps us also stuck. There's like this belief of, oh, I won't be able to handle that. You've been listening to our podcast, Getting Educated, Regulating Your Emotional Reactions, and it's been really helpful. Yet you know you could do better, be better, and you're wanting and needing more support. That's where our coaching service is a game changer. We're here for you when you need us the most, ensuring you have all the tools and resources at your fingertips, guiding and supporting you to be more effective. Our free rapid relief call helps you gain a broader perspective, commit to your best next steps, and determine what coaching support is right for you. Visit rapidreliefcall.com to book your call today. speaking before Carrie, one of the things that came to mind was people who are divorcing um, difficult personalities, big personalities. I've had this happen so often where it's like everybody is going to believe him or her. And, you know, not only am I going to be the bad guy, but the fear that even in court, you know, that everyone, nobody's going to see this person for how they really show up in life and, and the difficulties. And that's not true. Um, over and over and over again, as I've worked with clients and we've begun to poke around at that and it's really been their perspective was so keyed into this person being so smooth and so charming and so everything. But once we started poking around, it turned out that 
a lot of people saw what was real. And certainly once they started inviting, you know, attorneys or or um, or mental health experts or coaches into it, they started seeing that, OK, um, I'm not the only one who who sees the, the challenges that I'm facing. And so I, I, I encourage you to trust that. Yeah, that's so important. And what you know, I remember when I, I stayed on the fence on this decision for quite some time, uh, I would say about a year and a half. And I remember I was in a um, conversation with someone and they were listening to me sort of fret about the, the to and the fro and the yes and the no and, and you know, all the good points and all the bad points. And, you know, this, this man just did me a huge favor. He's, he actually just said, I, you know what, just close your eyes for a minute and just do something with me here. Just imagine that you've come home you know, from our conversation, you've, you've just arrived home and your husband has his bags packed. They're sitting in the hallway. He's been waiting for you. And you arrive, you put you open up the door and there he is. You know, he just visualize him letting you know, it's time for me to go. It's time for us to separate and for us to work on a divorce now, how do you feel right now? And uh, there was this wave of instant relief that came over me when he asked me that question. And it was such a shock to me. I, I didn't really realize that that, that what feeling what was present and that I had such crystal clarity from that moment on that it, it, it was really that was the decision that was in my heart that really felt like it was the most right thing to do and that my feeling of relief really just validated that. It gave me permission really to move off the fence and to start into the process of talking to my then husband about, um, you know, the decision. It's hugely helpful. Yeah, that is that's just such an amazing example because you're we know that as you're figuring this out, there's just so much confusion and murkiness. And that one question cut through all of the logical, you know, questioning and negotiating that was going on in your head and the emotion was crystal clear for you. Yeah. That relief. And so so I love that exercise. And for some of you listening, you may have just had that same moment and thought, oh, my God, you know, I, I'm so sure I want to make it work or or I'm so sure I want to leave. And so that's great if that works for you. Um, I think that's a brilliant exercise. And the other thing that that we suggest, which is more on the logical brain side, is we've talked about a lot of things here. And so one of them is there's the facts of what's going on, and then there's all of the emotions and the fears. And so something I want to suggest that you can do is, is separate out the two. And so just put a couple of lists together. Like, what are all the things about your marriage that you 
and your and your partner that you love, that you enjoy, that you would miss, that you that you don't want to walk away from. And then what are all of the things that are causing you stress? And one of the things we talk about, I believe it's in step seven, what's your story is separating the fact from the fiction. And what I mean by that is if there's something that your spouse does or if there's something that happens in your relationship that doesn't work for you, there is the actual circumstance and then there's your interpretation of the the why or the how. And so the suggestion is that you write down the fact exactly what happens, what the behavior of the circumstance is, and then your interpretation of it. Typically, we have an interpretation and then we're reacting to our interpretation. So, you know, she did that just to, you know, get back at me type thing. So, so your emotions around your belief of why is going to be even more powerful than the actual situation. So when you separate out the fact from the fiction, you begin to sort out the emotions from just the, the specifics and, um, and and when you separate out your fears too and you can if you can list all of your fears and kind of just for a moment put them aside you begin to get some clarity about what's good what's not so good you can put that in priority order and just begin to look in black and white at what your situation is and um and begin to uh get clear on what part of the decision is keeping you stuck the most. And that in and of itself is, is going to move you forward. Yes, it's, it is very much a process. And also when you're looking at your list, looking at those things that uh, are very likely to not change. Sometimes we, we look at a behavior or a situation or circumstance and it keeps showing up in our lives. It keeps recurring. And it, it, it goes back to that story of you can believe the behaviors much more than the words. So just take a look at what is likely to not change. What do I ha- really have no control over uh, changing in this relationship and really starting to accept that? And and that that is actually practicing acceptance is step nine in the twelve step program. And so often we'll be talking to clients about um, about what you resist persists. And so you might be living with someone for fifteen years, and it's like, you know, I, I can't believe you know he. Uh, he showed up late after work when he's shown up late after work like hundreds of times and and so a little behavior or a big behavior to start noticing when you have this reaction of surprise or frustration even though it's happened over and over and over and over again and that points to your resistance and so what carrot to Carrie's point as you're trying to figure out um, do I stay or do I go? If you find yourself thinking, well, if he or she would just change in these areas, you're, you're kind of in the wrong neighborhood. Like that's that's um, that's not going to work so well as figuring out what can I live with? What do I really like? Um, where can I be flexible? Yeah. And what I can't live with and what I can't live with. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
And so there's a lot here. There's a lot. The, the, we talk about the value of processing through a decision like this, where you have somebody, a third party, somebody who's not involved at all in the situation. They don't know you. I mean, they don't, they don't know you in terms of they're not a part of your family or your circle of friends. They're very neutral. You can just share with them what's going on. And especially if it's a coach, we do this. We're, we're very well trained in helping you sort out what is what is the truth based uh, on, you know, what um, is really going on and, you know, what is maybe something that you're making up. Yeah. And just imagine for a minute that you can uh, sit down and have a conversation with somebody where there's absolutely no judgment. There is no agenda. There is no advice about what you should or shouldn't do. Just this opportunity to speak, to hear your words, to um, to have your words reflected back to you so that you can gain clarity and to help you dig into your heart, your head, your soul and figure out what's really best for you and what is it that you want? What is it that you need and how do you get there? And that in a nutshell is what coaching would look like around should I stay or should I go? And there's so much, um, Value, and I'm kind of going to come back full circle. There's so much value and opportunity amidst this very difficult, tender time. And all of that value and opportunity has to do with you focusing on yourself, taking care of yourself, getting clear about who you are and what you want and how you want to show up in every relationship and right now in the relationship that you're in. And so there's just huge benefits if you can see past the pain and start saying, well, let me focus on that because while I'm in this in between, that's something tangible that I have control over that I can attend to. Absolutely. It's a time really for tuning into your inner wisdom that wisdom of your heart, that wisdom that is really uh, in there and just allowing that to come forward, hearing it, and then you know, also cultivating the courage in a way to find that voice and to speak it as your own voice. Absolutely. So as we wrap up, the first thing I want to say is if there's a topic that you would like to hear about, that you would really like to hear a podcast on, you can reach out to us. Um, the website is journeybeyonddivorce.com. You can go to the contact page and just ask us to consider a topic. And the other thing is we've mentioned the 12-step uh, divorce recovery podcasts a few times. We have created a flash divorce recovery uh, guide that includes all of those 12 steps and helps you to stay on track emotionally. And you can get that. You just go to divorcerecoverylifeline.com and you can access the guide and access a lot of the other resources that we have through there. The main thing is, you know, you don't have to do this alone. 
this is such a tender time and such a vulnerable time and reaching out to get support um, is so crucial at this time to help you um, find your voice, to help you find that inner part of you that knows really what is going to be for the highest good of all concerned. Thanks for joining us on the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast. I hope you found guidance and encouragement to help you along your journey. If you like my podcast, please take a minute to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. You can also visit us at jbddivorcesupport.com, where our team of coaches support both men and women through our one-on-one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. Stay tuned for our next episode, and I'll talk to you soon. Soon.